0: If I'm using my activities to justify my business, I've missed the point, right? That's like saying, I'm doing all this good stuff to justify that I'm a human being. I am a human being created in the image of God, and that is enough. Now, Lord live through me. However, you see fit, big, little, local, global, that's irrelevant, really.
1: Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. This episode is going to be spectacular. Uh, I'm joined by my friend, Mike Bear from the US, who I'll uh, mention in a little bit. But this episode, you're really going to get, a, a, I think, a 30,000 foot view of kingdom impact. Um, and then you're going to come, we're going to come right down to some practical stories on you know, how, how does the kingdom of God van- advance in the marketplace and how tangible is that? You know, when Jesus says, when Jesus says, you know, look after the widow and the orphan and things like that, you know, we're going to be able to weave together the big picture of business right down to that kind of minute detail. So I think you're going to, you're going to love this one. So my guest is Mike. Now I've, uh, I've had dinner with Mike. I've met Mike here in Australia. Um, He is a kingdom man, you know, uh, doing my research on Mike. um, He was a pastor, so he is still a pastor today. The first 15 years were inside the vocational church, and the last 30-plus years, he has been a pastor in the marketplace. Now, of course, he doesn't get around with a pastor badge, um, but his function is exactly that. Uh, he's an author. He's got multiple books, actually, which is amazing, and we'll, we'll put up some, uh, some links to those in the show notes. He's a speaker. That's how I met him here in Australia, um, speaking on this concept of business as mission. Husband, father. Grandfather and proud dog dad. I noticed as I did some research of the flag-eating dog. Maybe we'll find out what that means. Uh, currently living in North Carolina. So here's a question, Mike: Is that near Montreat, North Carolina?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're maybe 45 minutes away from Montreat.
1: So Montreat uh, is the home of was the home of Billy Graham, who is my dead set hero in the faith. So. That's good that we're talking to somewhere so close to my hero. All right, Mike. That's that's kind of my intro. Why don't you tell us who is Mike Bear?
0: Yeah, so I, I love a question like that, but I, so I, I'll try to keep it short. And Wes, you can ask anything you want to clarify So So, who is Mike Bear? I, I'm a kind of a big nobody who met Christ in college. Um, we had uh, four or five guys who met Christ all about the same time. We <laughs> we laugh. We didn't know what pagans do on Friday night. Uh, we all knew uh, we didn't know what Christians do. We knew what pagans do, but we didn't. We weren't sure, so we ended up meeting together to read the Bible and pray and play cards. Next thing you know, there's a a, a gathering of 150 or so students uh, seeking to know the Lord, grow in Christ, and and so fast forward. I, I from there, I went into the pastorate for about 15 years, as you mentioned, and um, felt very clearly led out of the formal pastorate into the business world because and some of I think some of your listeners can identify with this I found that the pastor title the the collar so to speak was a barrier instead of a bridge and they they didn't they discounted my message because that's my job Hmm. so I kept asking the Lord what to do about that um I ended up he ended up saying to me "I, I want you to go out and be one of them join the business world So I did, uh, went into business, loved it. Uh, It was clearly where I was supposed to be. Uh, Repeatedly, I would have people in the business community come up and ask me about, essentially about the gospel. What's different about you? I could share Christ. It's something I'd longed for. And then um, to kind of round out the story, after 10 years of that, 15 years of pastoral ministry and 10 years in the business world, I was trying to figure out how do these things fit together? Uh, everybody knows this your listeners know this and god doesn't waste anything and so how does how does this all tie together well the answer came when i was sent over or not sent over i requested to go over to kyrgyzstan uh central asia in the early 90s the soviet union had had collapsed the russians had pulled out and i had a background in healthcare consulting at that time so i was invited to come over and teach um, how to start for-profit healthcare businesses private practice uh, physicians Long story short, man, I fell in love with the Kyrgyz people, but more importantly, I fell in love with the opportunity. I saw myself as a very open, um, not in-your-face kind of guy, but an open believer in a in a Muslim culture who was totally accepted and able to share Christ, able to live Christ, not because of anything I'd done, but because of business. Mm. That led to a, a, a process where we created a company called Joldas that started um, micro businesses around the world uh, about 3000 years to date, uh, all born out of Kyrgyzstan. And um, yeah, so that's a, and And since then I've been involved, I mean, I, I can give you a lot of details, but since then I've been involved in, we call it businesses, mission, different parts of the world, call it different things, but it's just the idea of recognizing that, that Christ is at work. In our, in our professional calling. There's no sacred, secular dichotomy. There's no Sunday world versus Monday world. And um, so, yeah, so fast forward today, I've got an online business mission education portal called Third Path Initiative and uh, do a lot of conference speaking. So I'm, I hope that's what you're looking to hear, but- That's awesome. As you said, I am a husband, father, grandfather, um, and father of Cali, the flag eating dog.
1: Yeah. Um, I Listen, just to pick up on something you just said in that, in that moment, you're like, the collar was a barrier, but the business ended up being a bridge. I find that amazing, right? That, that, um, that it was actually the, your opportunities in business that allowed you to go out and share Christ and it didn't feel weird. Whereas when it was you know, within the congregation and your job, yeah it was almost like you have a vested interest right as a as a pastor, so um whereas in business you could just go and be the guy that you were called to be, and it was far more natural for you
0: that's exactly right i had I had people telling me i mean, I almost fell over when they said it when I would share Jesus with them, they would say, Well, of course you would share that. That's the answer you you give because it's your job mm. right And so when I left the formal pastorate and just as a, being a, a Christian in the workplace. And people would ask me the questions about that would lead to the gospel. Now it's just one, as they say, one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread.
1: And you came alive, I'm reading between the lines, you came alive when you started to do that in the marketplace. It would have felt so much more natural, you know, um, maybe even see God move a little bit more. Have Have you got some stories around, you know, like seeing the hand of God in the marketplace that you possibly didn't see in the 15 years of? Of, of being a pastor in the vocational church?
0: Uh, yeah, that, that, I mean, look, let me say this, first of all, uh, Wes, I, I love being a formal pastor. I loved it. I love teaching, preaching. You do too. You, we have that in common. And we both love teaching the word of God. And, and, and that, was a, that was a huge thing for me, always has been, still is. But, but in, in terms of reaching people who were unreached, even in the Western world, it took getting out of the pastorate into the business world to see that, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So I, I was in Saskatchewan, Canada, which is the—I don't know if you've been there or not, but look it up on the map. It is. I sold fruit. a
1: business to a company in Saskatchewan when I was oh, 21 years old. Some some okay. oil mining company.
0: Absolutely, you know it, and so it's it and it's we call it. It really is the middle of nowhere. But It's a wonderful place with great people, and I'm up there. In the business community, I'm teaching statistical process control. Now, I don't know if you can imagine a more boring topic in the universe than statistical process control, but I'm teaching it to a group of people in the logistics industry. And on it's a 40-hour course. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up day four of five days. And Tommy, who is the manager of the facility, comes up and he says, Mike, I'd like to have dinner with you tonight. And I said, well, of course. I mean, you know, he's my client. But, so, but but why? He said, "Because you know God and I don't." And I promise you, Wes, I am not one of those guys that tries to throw a Bible verse into every business principle. I mean, I, in fact, I, I doubt there was anything. But something in me connected with something in him, and he knew there was reality. And and I just almost fell down and wept. I mean, this here is a guy that would never hear the gospel, never darken the door of a church, but somehow God connected. Him in my life to the gospel, and we had a, we had dinner. We, he was a hopeless alcoholic who heard about Christ that night for the first time. Um, another example: I'm I'm flying with a client from Colombia, Bogota, and uh, Bogota, Columbia, and I'm I'm flying with him from a California a- acquisition back to the East Coast, and we got stranded in in Houston, Texas. We're having to wait for repairs we're sitting in the coffee shop and out of the blue he says by the way i've known you for a few years what is special about you there's something you have i don't and i said well you know bluntly you want to know it's jesus and i thought he would (laughs) fire me on the spot as a client instead he said i want to know more so we sat in the coffee shop in houston texas for two hours talking about the gospel he followed me up the jetway onto the plane we're still talking about the gospel we get on the plane. He, is, he's, he asked the lady who was seated next to me to move, to change places with him so he could hear more. First, so he got probably six hours mm. of gospel uh, uh, presentation um, just because we were in business together. And so, I mean, I could, I could tell you many stories like that, but it was almost like God was putting his stamp of approval on what, I, what he was trying to tell me so i know it was right. Because I was still, truthfully, I was still struggling. I had this, so why am I not in ministry? I want to be in business, but why? And it was like he kept stamping on, yes, yes, yes. This is what I want for you.
1: felt almost like he meant it when he said, go into all the world, hey. Oh, hey. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Guys, please, subscribe. All right, business's mission as a concept. Um, you know, our, the word that we typically use is, is kingdom business, right? You know, they, they obviously overlap, but pitch to us, um, you know, from your point of view, what is business's mission and how does it work? How does it advance the kingdom?
0: Yeah, great question. So in, in many terms in, in, in Christianity are, are interchangeable, right? So you've got this whole idea of business as mission, kingdom business marketplace ministry. I don't really care what you call it. I think it, it, in its essence, a good friend of mine named Bill Job just defined it this way. He said, it, "It kingdom business, whatever you want to call it, is simply walking with Jesus in business. All right, and, and, we, and I look at that and go, God, it's too simple. The more I've thought about it over the 30 years I've been in this, it's beautifully simple. It's just walking with Jesus in business and letting him lead you where he wants to go. In a more targeted definition, the idea that um, uh, business's mission is really, it's really t- the idea that, that God wants us in business to be tied to what he's doing in the world, right? We have business, we, we, we're making money, we're producing products, providing services, we're employing people. All right, so what? What does this all this mean? And the question is, no, not what does it mean. It's, the question is, how does it connect what he's doing in the world? And what God is doing in the world is is an absolutely beautiful thing. Obviously, he's winning people to himself. He's bringing salvation to people. But he's doing much more than that. The kingdom, used use that term, the kingdom is much more, and this doesn't take away from this, but it's much more than just saving souls. It's impacting culture. It's impacting our communities, impacting society. It's bringing, well, think about it this way. In the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus pray, teaches us to pray, he said, you know, thy kingdom come. Okay. I got that. And then he, it's almost like he says, I E what I mean is. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now what is the kingdom? It is the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven. And to be able to look at business and say, we have a place in that. We have a big part in that. That's what we're talking about. Um, when I and you know this because we've talked that when I think about quote business's mission, which is kind of an unfortunate term when it's all said and done, but we're all talking about business for the glory of God, we really talked about four things. It's that I have a calling to business. It's not I'm not second best. I, I'm not you know some. We used to talk. We laughed about this, you and I, that that it, people think there's this hierarchy of callings. You know, if God really loves you, you're a missionary. If he kind of likes you, you're a pastor. If he puts up with you, you're sort of a um, helping person, a nurse, a doctor, a teacher. And if he, if, if he just wants your money, you're in business. And then, of course, below that's the attorneys, with apologies to the attorneys and advocates on the, on the podcast. But that's kind of how people think about it. And when you come back and realize that, that no, business is a high and holy calling from God. And and his call on your life could not be more perfect. Now we're talking business as mission. Second thing is intentionality. Am I deliberately? This is kind of my song, Wes, is that am I deliberately and and um, prayerfully connected to what God is doing in the world? Whatever that is, right? He's changing societies. Look at the world today. The West is the light is going out in the West and the light is, is brightening up in the east, well, am I connected to that? Unreached people groups, for example, you know, those who've never heard. How am I connected to what he's doing? Thirdly, is the idea of relationship. God gives me relationships, and it's been my joyful experience. He gives me relationships in business that I would not have had in any other context. And I know you know this, and I know your listeners know this. I can, I can just plead with you guys, treasure and steward those relationships and then finally operationally we run our businesses with excellence you know we, we cannot count on god to cover up our sloppiness we we need to offer to god our finest and so when i say business's mission that that's really what i'm talking about
1: love it and that's it those those five points are a really good framework for for getting a handle on it and then how does it play out then? Right. So somebody catches that concept and they go, right, I want to do business as mission. Some examples possibly, but also like, is it is it how broad is it? Is it run is it run a business and scale a business for the sake of employing lots of people because I want to pass to them? Do I, you know, sh- should I be then taking some of my profits and um and look, you know, going into the the developing world and and contributing to some of their social decay? Should I be opening the business I've got in Sydney, Australia, in, you know, Kazakhstan, so that they get jobs? Is it all of that? Like, I just wouldn't mind people kind of getting a handle on it now and going, okay, well, well, what are some examples of how it's played out?
0: Yeah, no, it's a good question. So, uh, the answer, the short answer is yes, all of the above. But, but more importantly, a, a business mission company, a kingdom company, the leader and the leadership, if possible needs to be asking the Lord the simple question of what will you have me to do? And for some, it may be nothing more, and I don't mean that in a diminutive, but just nothing more than being faithful and godly and and like Daniel, right? Whose work was excellent and his character was excellent. And it impacted two entire different empires, right? But he but he never had a big business. So it could be a, a five million dollar, ten million dollar company that God uses in ways that nobody knows. And yes, it could be uh, opening branches in Kazakhstan. It could be, you know, providing It could be giving. I mean, there's so many different avenues. Here's the problem. I want to be careful about this. If I'm using my activities to justify my business, I've missed the point, right? That's like saying I'm doing all this good stuff to justify that I'm a human being. I am a human being created in the image of God. And that is enough. Now, Lord, live through me however you see fit. Big, little, local, global. That's irrelevant, really. I mean, I don't I never want to see anybody put a, a, a gradient on this that's saying some businesses are more important than others. They're simply not. What's important is faithfulness to the opportunity that God Himself has placed in front of you. So I, I think the the as I've always said to people, the, our infinitely creative God has infinitely creative ways for your business, and more importantly, for him and you to make a difference in the world. I don't want to point out something that says this is the way. I'm yeah, very cool. nervous.
1: Well, you did. You pointed out one bit of structure, and that is it's individual with the Lord. Right. Yeah. So 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 the way that we've always taught it is there's an assignment for you to go and do and the Lord's got one for you and engage with it and go do it. But you don't want to cover somebody else's assignment and the assignment will possibly change through your life and have different permutations. Um, but ultimately, right, you know, you just got to listen to what the Lord wants for you with your business as it sits today. Right. And 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 for me, it's running the kingdom business movement and funding conferences and travel and podcasts and books and blah, blah, blah. But for somebody else it's making tea for a, a, a people group that get neglected and loving on them right from so it's it it so you're it doesn't it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be dealing with the third world or the developing world it, it like it could just you're just happy to leave it super broad and just go you connect with the Lord and and do whatever he asks you to do in business and you call that business as mission
0: I, I do I do and I think that's exactly right Wes at the end of the day I am responsible to hear the Lord call me and obey him. And if I'm trying to be somebody else, I, I, then I can't be me.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I just want to move on a little bit. There's there's a revelation that you carry. You've talked about it. We've You and I have talked about it that, um, that that I think we might know head knowledge across the body, but I don't know that we know it in our heart. And that is the concept of... That the sacred secular does not exist, you know it's very Greek, right? In its in its presentation, and it's been around since the you know for the, since the empire. And you know it's funny. I, I run a home group, um, and I love it. And it's a very small home group. And um, I was sitting with a couple last night. Been in business forty five years. Had never considered that their business and their Christian life could actually be mashed together. Right? They had not not. Um, not maliciously had kept them separate just never considered it they literally thought that my business has got nothing to do with my relationship with god right 45 years that they've 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 missed an opportunity to push those things together right so can you talk about it right in your words why do we have this sacred secular divide and what do we do to get rid of it
0: so You you brought up the Greeks, and it is very much a Greek construct, but it's not limited to that. What what I mean by that was a Greek construct is the Greeks had this uh, this ability to um, dissect and compartmentalize life. And so you had your family life, your personal life, your business life, your spiritual life, I mean, whatever category you want to place it in, and they believe that you can compartmentalize all of that. The the Eastern way of thinking, and by the way, Christianity is a an Eastern religion. Uh, I mean, the Bible is an Eastern book, not Western. So it's what one of the reasons we have such a hard time understanding it. But the Eastern view, and the the particularly the Hebrew view, is that everything is integrated in a cycle. And that sound and don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about Hinduism or anything like that. But that that it's all connected. It's all integrated at the core, and and so if you if you go back and say, where did this come from? It did come from the mainly the Greeks, but others as well. The idea that that my life can be sliced into different things. Some things go in the refrigerator, some things go in the oven, some things go in the yard, something. I mean, this idea has led us to this horrible belief that um, my spiritual life has nothing to do, or we wouldn't say these words, so I'll overstate it to make the case, the, the our, our spiritual life has nothing to do with our real life. Sunday has nothing to do with Monday. Um, my prayer life has nothing to do with the people I work with. I mean, I'm overstating it. You would do the same thing to make the point. And so there's this divide and we call it the sacred secular divide. And, and it's, it's, it's not biblical. It, it, here's a great way of thinking about this. If you look at Hebrew, the word Avodah means work. I know you've taught on this, work, worship, and service. Like, wait a minute, how can one word mean these three things? And the answer is because in God's mind, they're all the same. They're just different angles. I mean, I I think about your wife holding up her diamond. I hope you gave her one because if you didn't, you're in big trouble now. One? I wish I'd given her one. (laughs) One would be awesome. I've got one of those,
1: those fancy women that like all of a sudden want golden diamonds now.
0: Oh, uh, she should move to the southern U.S. She'd fit right in. The uh, but the idea is that it, that life is a whole with many facets, not separate stones, and that's what Avada means. Uh, you've got a, a fellow Australian, Kara Martin, who teaches a great deal on work as worship, and she uses the term workship. It's, it's all built around this idea that it's all one. How do we? So, so the the farmer who who plows his his field, the salesman who sells his product the doctor who heals disease, it's all the same thing. And by the way, it's the same thing as going into a church building on a Sunday morning and singing hymns. There's no distinction, none whatsoever. Yeah. So, so so, to me, and I'll tell you this, Wes, this is this is good news. I'm a little older than you, probably a good bit older than you, but we look the same. we got the same haircut. And I, your viewers, your listeners can't see it, but it, it, you know, Wes, imagine his hair on uh, his last lack of hair on my head. and We're the same guy um we we have this thing that says i am going to do this for god and this for me and god says no you're not i am lord of all of your life 100 there's nothing i didn't create there's nothing i don't own the 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 prime minister of the the netherlands back in 1800s i think um abraham kuyker uh kuyper said the, the Lord Jesus looks out of our creation. He says, it's all mine. And that's the way I think about it. Yeah. Here's a good, here's some good news. The, the younger generation, this is where I was going with that. The younger generation does not know as much about this as my generation does. And, and I'm watching this break down gradually and I'm excited about it. So they have new, they have new monsters to slay, but that's probably not one of them
1: yeah I would agree I think they they tend to blend life um much better actually this year. i mean I employ them right I love the younger generation like i i think I, I want as many of them as I can get working for me because when they catch vision they'll they'll change the world right you know um but uh but yeah they you know they blend they 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 they, they, they want to be on holiday they want to discover themselves they want to experience new things they want to work they want a career like they They blend a lot of stuff together, which
0: I think is amazing. Even even the concept of a digital nomad who can work from anywhere is an example of breaking down these barriers. So how about a Christian nomad who can live the kingdom anywhere he or she goes?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I know for me, I mean, I've, we've all experienced miracles in church, right? Where, you know, well, salvation would be one, but like, you know, like somebody goes forward for healing and they get touched and, you know, they don't need a wheelchair or, you know, whatever, like it healed, right? Like, but we know how to celebrate that, right? Everyone's cheering, weeping, carrying on. And then on Tuesday, when the, when the Lord turns up in a boardroom meeting and brings calm to a situation that was very hostile, We don't know what to do with that generally and like hang on a minute it's the same god achieving the same outcome that he's wanted from the very beginning it's just that we know how to celebrate it in one theater and we don't know how to celebrate it in another one right and that's that's really why i enjoy your company and, and wanted to get you on because it's a conversation that we can understand head knowledge but we really have to own it in our heart right it's the same god and and I, if if I was to look at the number of miracles, I've seen a lot more in my business life than I have seen in my church life, which makes I, sense I also, because yeah. I spend 50 hours a week in my business life and I spend two hours a week at church, right? So Well,
0: that's it, right? Why would we think that God cares more about the two hours I spend in the building on the corner of 4th and Main? Yeah. And he doesn't care as much about the place I spend 40, 50, 60 hours of my life. No, it, it, it'd be the same thing as saying, God doesn't care about your family. Well, we would, we would recoil at that thought. Well, why would we think he didn't care about our business yeah. or yeah. our profession or our education? Or, I mean, if if we can under, and we'll never get here till eternity, but if we could look at life as God does, all these artificial barriers that we have created to give ourselves significance and define ourselves. I mean, even when you asked me, to tell, who's Mike Baird? I started off with, with coming to Christ and then a pastor. It's like, but that's bogus when you really think about it, right? And by the way, clear. I didn't say bogan. I said bogus. The, the, it, it, it's, not, it's just not real because there's only one Mike Bear and he belongs to Jesus Christ. There's only one Wes Hone and he belongs. Everything you do belongs to him.
1: Well, if I've laid down my life, it does. So, so, So I want to stay here for a minute because I want people to get handles on this. So then, what role does church play? in our lives, vocational church. I, I have to use the word because obviously the greater body is the church, this is church, you know. So, you know, for some people, it's the pinnacle of their, of their walk with the Lord, right? Um, and, and that's fine, it's not for me. Um, it's another thing that I absolutely love to do, right? Um, but I, I think, where would you put that? Like, so, you know, if you're a business person and then you've got church on Sunday, Is church on a pedestal? Um, Is business on a pedestal? Like, how would you word that journey? Because it's, I mean, you're you're a pastor. I mean, I'm not a pastor, but I love my church. So I'm I'm not trying to play it down, but I'm also not trying to play it up, right? How would you language that? It's almost a wrestle for a lot of business people between where should my allegiance be? How would you word that?
0: Oh, wow. So let me let me start with the last thing you said. Where's my allegiance? My allegiance is to Christ. And I know you know that, but I don't want to oversimplify it, but, but that's a great way of thinking about it. If my priority is Sunday church versus Monday business, then where's Christ in that? Is Jesus Lord more in church? And Lord less in, in business. I mean, I so guess part that's of what it, I'm asking you to speak out. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And so, so so, part of it is, you know, I've got to see Jesus as Lord of all, literally Lord of all. And there is in his mind, there's no sacred secular. There's no, you know, this this place is holy. This place is not. This job is holy. This job is not. And by the way, for your listeners, we're not talking about righteousness and sin, right? That's a vertical axis, there's a vertical axis, which is that which pleases God and that which does not. We're not talking about that. We're talking about man-made distinctions that say holy clothes, holy raiment, holy books, holy places, holy work, right? And so that's what, we're, what you and I are disagreeing with. So I, I think to your specific question, how does a person look at church? Church is not, we know this, church is not a building, church is not a, a a service. I mean, the word itself, this is one of those things that that the English translators of the Bible have not done as much good with. The word in the scriptures is "ekklesia," right? Which means gathering. It's a gathering of people, whatever. In fact, the, one of the main places it's used in the book of Acts is about a gathering of the assembly. I want to say in Ephesus, but I could be wrong on that. But they weren't they weren't christian they were just gathering but but they were by definition an ecclesia we on the other so we don't use that term we but in the english it's translated church but church is a is a german word kirch which means Kyriakos, which means house of the lord that's not what ecclesia means that's not what the body of christ is the body of christ is any gathering of believers together and so when we we can back away and say okay Sunday morning for me, I love it. I love being with my brothers and sisters. Sometimes I love the sermon. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> sometimes I love the music. Sometimes I don't. Do I need to be gathered with my brothers and sisters? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is that the pinnacle of my week? Absolutely not. We we have a common friend. He pa- he passed away and went to be the Lord. I want to say about three four years ago, Pete Kentley, and he would talk about is is your church a a aircraft aircraft carrier or is it a a cruise liner? And what he would say is, are you coming here to enjoy yourself or are you coming here to get rearmed to go back into battle? And I've always loved that analogy. When I go to church, I'm not looking to go and have a good time. I do, but I'm looking to go and get fed, equipped, rearmed for the battle. And I think that to me, that's not the high point of my week. Mm -hmm. It's necessary. I need it. I want it. Let me put it this way, Wes. When when the pandemic hit, and like you in Australia, many of our churches here in the U.S. shut down. And I kept telling our elder board at church, I said, guys, let's not just wait to go back to what we used to do. let's Let's try to listen to the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying to the church in this time? Is he want us to just go back to you know reopen and do what we did before? And I, I, I in my heart I knew the answer was no. This God put a massive pause on the kingdom, and, and he does this periodically, it was painful for sure. But I was like, let's try to seek his face and say, What do you want us to learn? And this is what I did. I said, guys, in listening to the spirit, let's ask people during this shutdown period, what do you miss? And invariably one out of 20 would say, "Well, I miss preaching." I'm like, "Okay, you said what you thought you should say." Two out of 20 would say, "I miss the the music." Okay, you said you thought we and the rest of them, the the 17 or 18 out of 20 would say, "What I really miss is fellowship with my brothers and sisters." And I'm like, "Guys, please hear this. Hear this. We we you and I as business leaders, when we come into the church, we're not there for a a service or a supercharge or you know plug into the electrical circuit. We're, we're, we're there to be with each other, mm. which is where the life of Christ manifests itself in the body. Yeah, so I, I would hope I would hope that I would hope our listeners would say, I'd like to redefine my expectations of church. I don't want I don't want to become critical. Mm. Uh, the church I, I don't want to be I don't want to do away with Sunday morning or whatever, whenever it is but let's come with a different expectations. Hmm. And by the way, you can't come to an expectation service that's built on relationship and sit back and do nothing. Yeah. You come to give, you come yeah. to serve, you come to share.
1: And and I think that's a distinction that you've you've made and i'll say again this is not trying to let people off the hook to not be involved in church which for business people exactly for business people it's very easy to to, for them to go oh cool so so you know like i'm flat out all week i'm too tired on sunday i won't go right no that's not what we're saying i mean for me it's funny because the people that get caught up in church politics are usually not the people who are doing their assignments monday to Saturday. When when you do your you
0: don't you do, have the energy for it.
1: No, when you do your assignment, you, you it comes to Sunday. I'm going to church because, like you said, I want the fellowship. I love hanging out with friends. I, I love I love the chit chat. I love the hangout. I love the talking and bragging about God. What just happened? The miracles we just saw. What did they see? Now I, I also love the preaching and I love the worship. Right? Yeah, but. But when you've got this big play, business's mission as you as the as what you do for your most of your, your week, then the little stuff at church it really doesn't matter, right? So I've seen churches split over which carpet colour they ordered. Right? Oh my gosh! You, yes. you know, like yeah. like the pastor just got a new car. We don't think he should have got a new car. You know, like like that stuff, right? Like, well, I want the front door to be painted purple, and you went with rouge, and so that's <laughs> God doesn't like rouge, and so we're starting a different denomination and. And, and or see see i i can't be part of any of it because i've just got uh, this is this is me like I, so um so when you don't have that you're forced to fight inside the church and and it just becomes unnecessary right so so all that to say that that it's okay if church is a place where you link arms lean on your brothers and sisters you know help out a little bit like like you would if you were if you have a family gathering right everyone does the dishes that you know, you you kind of muck in to help, but if you yeah. but it's okay to say no to sitting on every board, being part of every meeting, you know, being there four hours early to be on the chair's ministry. It's okay to say no to that stuff because you've you got- know
0: the, you know the you know the root of this. Well, so you I love what you're saying, I, I, and part of me wants to say just keep preaching. The the it's where we get our definition, our identity. And, and as Christians, we have a tendency to think the world, the, the business world, is, it doesn't define me. And we would agree say, it really doesn't, right? I am not my career. But the church world doesn't define me either. I am not a committee chairman or the co- chairman of, of, of eight committees, right? It's like Jesus defines me. He thinks I'm incredible, by the way. He, thinks, he, he, he could not be more delighted in who I am. And so from that freedom, that then I'm free to give myself in service to the folks that are in the building on Sunday, the folks that are in the office on Monday. I mean, this this is the essence, I think, of the freedom we're all seeking. And then business's mission, as I've grown over the last 30 years, I hope I have, is nothing more than a place to express who I am in Christ.
1: Yeah. And and the reason why I wanted to bounce this around is I want to give people permission to have that freedom, to explore what that thing is without all the, the constraints and, and constructs that we're supposed, to, you know, where we take this faith that's this big and we can put it in a box this small, like just to throw off that restraint and, 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 you know, just under the sanctification of a life under God, just go and chase down everything he's got for you. and that's definitely been a grace on your life to be able to articulate you know and and I think that's why we've got such a heart connection and um you know that's why I wanted to get you here to talk I want to um I want to go back to the business's mission thing I've got really one final question and that is this I I, I want to we've talked about some pretty big topics somebody's listening to this right now they're watching on YouTube they're at the gym doing weights they're driving whatever and they might be thinking sounds great, Wes, but you know, I've got a lawn mowing business with 27 clients and I'm just about making rent or whatever. How would they get started on this business's mission journey? Practically, if they decided that today, I'm going to get started on doing this business for God thing, what are some little steps that you could, you could get people to kind of focus on, think about, start out so that they don't put it off until they get a big business?
0: Now, uh, great, great question. So first of all, if you have a small business, you are in 99.5% of the businesses in the world. So never think of yourself as, oh, I'm just a little guy over here. No, 99.5% of the business in the world have less than a million dollars a year in revenue, which is staggering and also incredibly encouraging. So so see yourself as part of an enormous army, right? You're not this freak over the side who missed the boat you didn't miss the ferry you know you're you're in the in the mainstream that's number one number two is recognize like moses and his staff whatever you have in your hand god desires and will use it and so if the business is what god has given you and called you to what did what did god say to moses lay it down you talk about very practical steps. If you haven't done this, I know a lot of your listeners have because you teach this all the time, but if they haven't, if you haven't laid your business down, your career down before God and said, Lord, I, it's yours. It's not mine. Do that. I mean, literally Romans 12, one, you know, I beseech you therefore brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, you you know, it's a wholly acceptable worship service to God. It's a different translation, but you know, do that. Just lay it out there. Thirdly, is is I would say, really get in touch with the um, the high calling that is yours as a business person. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that you're second class or third path class. So you know, recognize this is the call of God on my life, which by the way flows right out of Romans 12.1 into Romans twelve two, which says the will of God is perfect for you. So whatever he's called you to, it can't get better. If it's perfect, it cannot get better. So I think some of it is just a, a, a reorienting of our thinking about life, ourselves and whatever. Now that's, that's practical, but it's also kind of out there. Really practical, I would ask you to, to say, um, Lord, open my eyes to the people that you have put within my path in business show me the people that are in front of forget i mean this is gonna sound terrible you know what i mean forget the people in kazakhstan forget the people in china forget the people in iran for a moment who is in your path right now who has god given you in the context of your business your small business lord help me be faithful for with them help me live my life in a way that shows them to you Give me opportunities to give a defense for the, for, uh, for the hope that lies in me. And, and I think that's where to start. When you begin to see, as I did, the opportunities that, are, that emerge within the business community, it, it, I think that changes everything, Wes.
1: Mm-hmm. So open my eyes. And then when he shows you, just one small step, right? One small step. That's right. Shout someone on lunch, exactly. take them to dinner, pay for them to do a thing, get alongside them, have coffee, just something, just something.
0: It, yeah forget forget you know we get paralyzed in, 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 you and i are both we're in in a good way we're ambitious men and god has put ambition he's put eternity in our hearts and so we're ambitious and sometimes i think we miss what is it what is right in front of us because we want the big things like no let me be faithful in the little thing right now and and again I, it's like i said if you're in a small business don't 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 hang your head like there's something wrong you are you are one of the overwhelming majority of people in the world so mm-hmm. that's where god has placed you love it
1: love it real practical and i appreciate that about you where can somebody find more about you um a url or, or somewhere where if so, somebody's like man i like this Mike guy uh, he's talking my language i want to connect with him how can somebody find you
0: yeah, so two two ways. We have a we have an online education portal called thirdpathinitiative.com and it, it's essentially a way to to get online businesses, mission education and conversation. So go there. And the others your listeners are welcome to reach out to me directly and just go to m bear b a e r m bear at thirdpathinitiative.com throw it out there, ask a question and I am more than happy to interact with people around the world to talk about this.
1: Love it, love it. Hey, Amen. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's the end of the day for you. Um, that's been super practical for a lot of people, and I really wanted to get our audience to really catch that heart and that anointing that you carry for for business as mission and and the sacred secular revelation. I think that's that's really vital. I look forward to hanging out with you. Um, maybe we'll bring you back to Australia. I'll, I'll, I'll be in the US. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to Hawaii in a few weeks. Um, but, uh, I don't know if you're going to that event, but, uh, either way, I look forward to actually spending some time with you and and going for dinner again.
0: I would love to do it, man. It's been too long. It has. All right. Bless you, Mike. Go well. Thank you, brother.
1: Well, guys, that's our conversation with Mike, but you've got to make this practical, right? There's no point in listening to all of that and just feeling good. Now the question is right. What are you going to do about it? And so my request for you is, like Mike said, commit that time to say, okay, Lord, I want to lay everything down. I want you to show me what's that people group, what's in my hand, what's in front of me right now. That's the thing I need you to do as a result of this podcast, right? Otherwise, they're just information and you don't need any more of that. All right, guys, thanks so much for watching. Make sure you reach out to Mike if you want to, and I'll see you next week.